stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right... They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Red, the official podcast of the World of Outlaws and Austin Energy Drink Sprint Cars. As always, my name is Rob Blount from Dirt Vision. Joined alongside of me is uh, Nick Graziano, the PR god of the World of Outlaws. Woo-hoo! Nick, how are you doing? I am awesome because Syracuse is moving on. Oh, are they? They are. They won last they night. They held on, huh? I was very happy. Very excited. Weren't they like close to choking? They almost did really bad. Like they were up by I think like sixteen at some point and in the second half lost the lead. But they got it back. They're good. They're moving on. So the big all the way. orange going moves all the on. way. The big orange moves on. Do you think they're gonna win it? Oh, of course. Obviously. I mean, if you if you remove your bias. <laughs> I mean, all the other big teams are out at this point, right? I mean, I figured I figured Honestly, I figured they would. They could get to this point. It's going to be tough going on. I think it's Houston. They play next, which will be a really tough game. If they keep playing the way they did, it'll be a good game still. Whether they can, if they beat Houston, I'm going to say, yep, they're going all the way. But I think this might be where the road ends for them. Okay. They usually well, make two brackets: one realistic, and one completely that has biased. Syracuse winning. And so far, the Syracuse one winning is the best one. Had, <laughs> so I'm good sticking with that one. All right. Well, good luck to your Syracuse Orange. Um, my school is D3, so I don't really care because they're not in it. Well, you're from New York. You can be an honorary <laughs> Syracuse fan. Yeah. But. You know, growing up on Long Island, like you go to Kohl's and stuff, and the only like college merchandise that they have would always be for Syracuse. And they're like, it's New York's uh, college. I'm like, they're seven hours <laughs> away from where I live. Meanwhile, right around the corner, we've got Stony Brook University, who, granted, plays in the America East, so the only way they get in is if they win the America East Championship, which they did one year and I think 2016 or 17, and then they got walloped in round one of the tournament, the first and only time that they've made the tournament, but that was kind of cool. But outside of that... Enough with the basketball talk. We had sprint that. car racing this weekend. We had sprint car racing this weekend. It was another great weekend of sprint car action with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars. Sheldon Hodden Shield won on Friday night at Cotton Bowl Speedway, became the first repeat winner of the year. Then Brad Sweet won on Saturday night, Saturday night easy for me to say, hmm. to become the second repeat winner of the year. And he's back in the points lead. Uh, old two-time is at it again. And... uh there's a lot of other fun stuff that happened as well, a lot of big moments, but, man, it was just another fun weekend in the sprint car world. It's nice to see racing at Cotton Bowl Speedway. Sure Actually was. Do. You know, I, I, I think I said it last week, but this is my third year here now, and it's the first time I've seen racing here, and it's been on the schedule every year. Yeah, we just had bad luck. They had rain, then they had COVID last year, and then what they called snowvid this year with the snowstorm <laughs> that hit Texas. Uh, but, yeah, it was really cool to actually see racing in Texas and racing at Cotton Bowl. Fun track. It uh, looked like a really good crowd turned out both nights, so that's cool. And, uh, you know, 
Saturday night was obviously, as we said, won by Brad Sweet, which means Casey Kane Racing got another win. And that was perfect timing because last week, right before the weekend started, we actually spoke to Casey Kane. You know, it might be something about coming on the show because, you know, we talked to Gravel and then he won. We talked to Casey Kane, then his team wins. I'm just saying, just saying. I, I there think might be a might trend be on there. Or something. Think you might be on to something and the casey kane chat was a lot of fun uh you know we, we figured it would be a good time to talk to casey because he's had such a hot start to the year and then pretty much his year has abruptly come to an end because he's stepping out of the seat as he promised for james mcfadden who's finally made his way over from australia but um, as you might hear he might not be done yet yeah maybe the season's not over yet um, so yeah, we're going to get right into it as we did last week. We're going to go straight into the interview. So joining us on the open red hotline is the owner of Casey Kane racings, number 49 for Brad sweet and the number nine for James McFadden, the man himself, Mr. Casey Kane. And here today we have Casey Kane joining us. Casey, welcome. And thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah. It's great to have you back. Um, obviously right off the bat. Everybody's seeing how well you've been performing in that nine car. Um, how has it felt just to have that great performance again? And is that just you getting comfortable in that car, kind of being in it more often, or is it kind of a combination of uh, just the growth of your team as well? Yeah, I think it, um, it was a blast. I had a you know a great time filling in basically for James at uh, the start of this year. I, I really wish now that we could have got a few more weeks in <laughs> of racing, you know, but with weather and, and different things going on, we – you know, got, I think, six races in, and it was great. Um, but, yeah, overall, the car's really nice to drive. Um, you know, the guys have always worked hard to have great race cars. And, um, you know, with the 49, the Napa team, they they run well. And, yeah, we can learn some things from them as well. So it's been, uh, it's been great. But I think confidence, you know, from a driver's standpoint and just being, uh, being in a good place, um, you know, personally and having a great team to work with, all those things are a factor in how well you run. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's been really good for me. All those things are awesome right now. So yeah, it made, made for a, a good bit of fun, uh, racing. And now that James is back, it'll, we'll have a lot of fun, you know, with him and pushing him to, to get some world of outlaw wins. How hard was it for you to be like, Oh man, James, you, you, you've actually made it stateside and I have to get out of the seat now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that was all coming, so I, I knew it was going to happen. Uh, he told me a couple of weeks ago, he's like, man, you're running good if you want me to stay home a little longer. <laughs> like, just tell me. And I'm like, I was just like, no, this is your car. I've told you that for for a long time, and as soon as it works with you and your family and, um, you know, their newborn and all that, that uh, yeah, it's your car, so get over here and so now's now's the time and and i'm out <laughs> <laughs> uh but even with running as well you did against we could say arguably arguably one of the most competitive fields the outlaws has, have seen in uh some time did they light any fire under you did do you feel like you want to bring a third car out, out every now and then for yourself now oh absolutely <laughs> i uh i've been awesome. thinking about it all week long like how can i get back out there and do some racing this this season and and next year you know so yeah i'm gonna start working hard to figure out how to, you know, put that together, do something to where we can get some more cars on the track with the world of outlaws. And, um, you know, we got Brad sweet and James McFadden. So we have two great drivers here and two great teams. And that's basically what it's all about. If you have the right people, the right drivers and everybody pushing together, 
uh, to win and be competitive, you know, night in and night out, then uh, you're in a really good place. And we have that right now. So it's, it's cool to see. It's fun to be part of. And um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of people, you know, pushing in that direction from our engines with Rob Capetta to, um, you know, our chassis with Maxim and our, you know, Willie Kane and Cole Kane with the factory Kane shock. So we, there's a lot of people, Cadian performance, a lot of people that push us, uh, you know, and, and give us this opportunity. And, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun for sure. You and your, and your team have obviously had so much success over the last few years, multiple championships, a ton of race wins. Uh, when, when you're in the car versus when you're out of one of the cars, just being in, in, I guess I'll say an owner, owner instead of owner driver, which, which is more, I guess, difficult because of the, the lack of being able to control things. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it definitely does. Um, you know, I think as from a driving standpoint, this year driving, I was really, I could, you know, I was just understanding a lot more of what was going on with the car and what I was doing. And I was changing my driving at times to kind of compensate and make things work a little bit better. And I, I didn't really feel I've done that in a while. So, um, yeah, I just think my focus and my head was in the right spot this year. And I, I had a, uh, I feel like we just kept making those gains because of, you know, just learning each night throughout the entire night. You just keep learning of what kind of what you need for different tracks, different track uh, situations, different track surfaces, all that stuff throughout the night with full fuel or no fuel. And um, yeah, I, I feel like I was heading in that direction as a driver. Now we'll need, you know, James to head that direction as a driver and be able to you know, give us feedback and then us, you know, Justin Adams and the team, um, uh, myself, I like working with the guys. So, you know, all of us just working together to, to make him go fast and, and win races. And, um, so it's a, it's a different mindset, but I think you can still use some of the things that I was learning and applying this year, uh, to the rest of the season with our, with our cars. Kind of going off that, getting to be with the team more, traveling with them more and driving the car. Does that maybe help you see more what maybe some of their complaints are or things you're just talking about, maybe able to understand it more and be able to help them with what they need? Oh, absolutely. Like, so over the years, I'm always at, you know, over the years I was always racing and mm -hmm. I just relied on the teams, um, you know, the guys working on them, drivers, all of them to figure it out and put together great seasons. And, um, I'd be around as much as I could, but, but not enough. And now that I'm just more part of the sprint cars and, and love that side of things that, uh, yeah, it's a different approach and it's a different way to look at it. And it's much more difficult when you're at the track, the pressure's on, things are happening quick and you need to make decisions, whether it's driving, whether it's working on the cars, all those things to actually go out and beat, you know, the best guys in sprint car racing and, um, it's easy to sit at home and watch dirt vision and be like, Oh, I should have done this or that or whatever. But until you're there and part of it much more difficult. And, uh, that's what makes, I think all of us want to keep coming back because it is difficult and it's, you know, it just takes time and a lot of passion and uh, hard work to, to win it at that level. So when you speak to the difficulty of it and, and, and the passion behind what you do as an owner and as a driver, um, like I said before, you've obviously had so much success recently as an owner, but 
Friday and Saturday this past weekend, you came really close to breaking through and getting that that first victory for yourself with the Outlaws. How special would would that accomplishment be compared to everything else that you've accomplished throughout your racing career, whether it's been behind the wheel yourself uh, in in NASCAR or as an owner with the World of Outlaws? Yeah, it would would be really special to win win one or, or more than one. Um, I've been really fortunate to win a lot of world of outlaw races as a car owner. And I really like that. I like knowing that and knowing that I've been, you know, a small piece of that, but, um, yeah, I think to do it as a driver would be, would be really cool. And we were, we had a great car both nights. The final night I, um, you know, we were up front, we started on the pole, won the dash and I felt so good in the dash, but I knew I was, I knew I was a little bit in trouble because we didn't. You start on the pole, you have clean air, and I knew my right rear was a little free and didn't know exactly what to do, but didn't want to change the car too much either because our lap times were really good in the dash, very consistent, and, you know, the, everything was going good the whole night. So we just didn't do much, and we got behind and was just too loose basically in the main event, but still had a great weekend overall and um, had a blast racing, um, whether it was – you know, starting in the back and moving forward or starting in the front and racing with those guys up there. So it was, it was, a, it was a fun weekend. So how difficult of a decision is that to make, just going off of, of what you just said about knowing that you were feeling a little bit too free in the right rear, but you were so fast throughout the rest of the night to either make a change or not make a change? Like what goes through that decision process and how hard is that to decide to ultimately not do anything and, and hope it goes the best way or do something and hope it goes the best way? Yeah. I mean, it's just something that you have to decide, you know, and, um, myself and Justin, we thought about it and we, we tightened up. I mean, we did things to make the car better, but the track also just, you know, completely, you know, went away for the main event and we weren't, we weren't prepared for that. And I I feel like that was just because we didn't want to change too much. You know, we changed a few things and, and that helped us run six, but, um, if we didn't do that, we probably would have ran 10. So we did make some gains from where we were, but overall the, David Gravel, Brad Sweet, Donnie Schatz. Who else was in the top four? Who else was up there? Whoever else was up there, you know, they just made more changes and, and did it mm-hmm. did it better than what we did. So yeah, we just just didn't keep up. But it's it's tough. Like those guys do it, you know, so often and and understand like where they're at. Understand way more where they're at than what I did at the end of that, you know, into the heat race or into the dash and um yeah so just it takes time and that's what we were building on those first six races and we'll keep building that the rest of the season with the nine car and um yeah i look forward to it i think uh the teams are are gonna run great this whole year i know talking with brad before he mentioned like that the setup process for the sprint cars he enjoys that much more than he did um that process when he was in nascar a little bit obviously with nascar there's a lot of technicians a lot of hands on deck, a lot of guys kind of making that decision, but he feels more sprint car. It's him and the crew chief. It's he's gets kind of more hands on. Do you enjoy this process more than the NASCAR side of it? So I like both sides. Mm -hmm. You know, I really enjoy the sprint car stuff and watching the 49 and what they do, you know, watching the nine and and what those guys do, you know, kind of being part of it all and understanding what's going on. But I've, I've always enjoyed that. And then on the cup side, I was the same way. Like I always just liked being a part, understanding what, what the guys were thinking. And, and there you have engineers, you have, you know, crew chiefs, engineers, and, um, you know, there's just a lot more people involved. So, you know, you're definitely not as hands-on at all because it's, 
that's not your position, but it's uh, it's still very interesting, and I always enjoy that side of it there too. So I would say both both types of cars, you know, like being involved kind of with all aspects. Right. So Nick brought up the possibility before of you pulling out a, a third car to run every once in a while. What do you think the chances are that we'd get to see you back behind the wheel at some point uh, this season? Well, I would say that I'll definitely be back behind the wheel this season. I just don't know how often. It's really easy when, you know, when we're at Charlotte <laughs> uh, because our shop's here in Mooresville. Uh, so it makes sense. So World Finals, I'll be racing that, you know, I'd imagine. And then otherwise, we just have to look at it and figure out, you know, how it works. Um, and I not just work, but you want to do a good job when you when you go there. And mm-hmm. the nice part about KKR right now is, the 49 and the nine have, you know, great teams. Both, both teams are really strong. Everybody, you know, works together and, and enjoys that and, and kind of cheers the other team on in a way to, to do well. So, um, when you have that, it feels really good. And when you don't have that, it's, um, I think that would be a bit more of a struggle for myself. So, and I understand that. So I just, I just don't see myself racing much this year because I know I won't have that. I know you talked before um, about just liking having the two full-time cars out there. Is there an ultimate goal that you have for yourself for KKR? Do you want to see it be a three-car full-time team, four-car full-time team? Is there anything like that in your mind right now? No, I mean, two cars, two KKR teams is is great. We did three at one point years ago. Uh, We did three and then also did a partnership with Roth, with Mm -hmm. Dennis Roth. So we kind of had four cars in a way that year. And that just, it just was overwhelming. It was just a lot. Um, that's a lot of people, uh, you know, the team, just everybody, you know, that many cars in one tour was, uh, was a pretty big, you know, kind of undertaking. So we did that once and we did three a, a few times, but overall I really like two car teams and the way we're doing that right now. And it, it works really well with our, with our teams and our, our guys and stuff like that. So, we have great drivers. So yeah, I just, I like where we're at. So it's, it's hard to figure out how to get a whole lot of races for myself, but, um, there has to be a way. So (laughs) find the way, um, obviously you've driven for a lot of great team owners like Ray Evernham, Richard Petty, Rick Hendrick. Is there anything that you, uh, learned from those guys or took from those guys that you've tried to put into your team or learn not to do from them as well? I mean, I think you learn a little bit from everyone over the years. Uh, I definitely learned from, from each one of them and they're all very different and kind of their approach and also their, their businesses and, and how they run some of those things and great car owners. You know, I had great car owners all over the years and in the sprint car world, the midget world, um, cup Xfinity truck series, like everything I was able to race. I always had, you know, great car owners. That was that's cool. But overall, I'd say Ray Evernham taught me the most. And that was my first deal in cup in 2004 uh, through, you know, 2008 or so with Ray. And um, that's where I feel like I learned the most from a car owner standpoint. He's great with people. He's great with his drivers, his employees, pushing you to get all you can out of, you know, whatever you may be doing, whether it's racing or working out or, you know, family, like just always being the best that you can. And I learned a lot of from Ray, um, those four or five years. So yeah, I, I take, uh, I've taken a lot of that with me over the years and, and really, and, you know, enjoyed that time that I had there. That was when I was driving for Ray and it was the nine car. I mean, I just thought that was kind of my cup career. Like I thought that's where I'd be my whole career. And, um, 
and we were winning and, and things were good and then it all changed up and I did a bunch of other stuff but uh but yeah those were some some really good years in in the cup series uh as as an owner what are your expectations now for the nine car and and for James obviously we know what the expectation is for Brad and the 49 team and that's go out and win a, a third championship in a row and even though we're only six races in there in prime position to do that just sitting two two points out of the lead again uh, but with with James being 406 points out of of the lead right now and and I think if my math's right, which it usually never is, uh, about 302-ish out of, out of the top 10. What is your goal for the nine team and, and James throughout the rest of this season? Well, I think, you know, the car needs to, you know, I hopefully get a top five in points. Uh, we'll push really hard to finish in the top five with, with the car owner points. Um, you know, we would be there if we didn't break uh, U-Join in uh, Florida. Uh, we were running in top four or five in and broke your joint. So we would be there and, and I know that James can do that. So, you know, the car needs to be in the top five would be a goal. They need to win races. And I really feel James can still get in the top 10 in points as a driver. There's so many races left. So much goes on during the summer months uh, with the schedule that the world of outlaws give us. And I mean, you can make up a ton of points if things are going your way. So you can also lose a ton of points, but you know, we want to make him up and, and I think that James can. So yeah, we'll just be pushing hard to get him in the top 10 in points and, um, you know, to keep the car in the top five. For maybe lack of a better term, are there team orders for Brad and yeah. James? Like obviously both of them have the capability of running up front and winning races. Is there, is there anything you tell them or just kind of let them do their own thing? Yeah, no, it's all out, you know, <laughs> all you can and don't ever run into your teammate. That's really all that we have. <laughs> <laughs> So shifting gears a little bit, obviously, uh, what are we, about a month away now from a really large event, the World of Outlaws return to Bristol Motor Speedway for the first time in, I guess, 19, 20 years. Um, that's a place that you had a lot of success at and probably could have even had more success at if a couple different things broke your way. Um, what are your thoughts on going back to that place and I guess potentially going to that familiar spot of the roof of the, the infield care center, which is victory lane as an owner. Yeah, it's a, it's a neat place. I've been watching the last couple of nights with the surface has looked really good um, for, for dirt. So yeah, I just really hope that uh, they work really hard to give the sprint cars a, a perfect surface, which isn't always easy to do, but um, if they can give them perfect surface where it's, you know, slick and wide and the guys can race it, I mean, it's going to be a really high speed track for sprint cars. That'll, you know, it'll be a blast to be a part of and, um, yeah, all we can to win. I mean, I've, it's great to, it's a great feeling when you win there. Uh, I was really fortunate to, to do it a, a couple times. And I feel like you said, um, we led a lot of laps and could have won other races there. It just doesn't always happen that way, but uh, yeah, overall, it's it's a neat place to win at and be great to see one of our teams, you know, in victory lane at Bristol. I know just people that go to that track in general, even myself, like just walking in, it's just it's kind of awe-inspiring to see it and just kind of has that vibe. to it. What's it like actually racing there with all those fans and just that intensity of the place? It's a pretty incredible feeling. Um, you know, early on when I was there, the place was packed. I think it was 100 and Oh man, what was it? 160,000 yep. or 170,000 yep. or something fans in a small 
area, but a massive arena. Um, I mean, just, or Coliseum, whatever you'd call it. Like, it's just, it's an incredible place. And, um, yeah, just to get to race there was, was awesome over the years and to see the cars on dirt. Now I wasn't able to go to the races years ago. I was racing midgets and had other stuff going on, but, um, to go and see it this time in person. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I, I hope the fans show up and, and support it. Cause it's a, it's going to be a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat race. It's a weird feeling walking through the gates there and seeing bright red clay instead of bright white concrete. I'll <laughs> tell you that. Yeah, it has to be. I haven't, I've only seen it in pictures, but I know when I get there in person, it'll it'll definitely be a, a different look. What's wild too is they said they were you know going to try to bring up the apron area, the you know with the apron of the the normal track with with dirt and try to level out the banking more. And it it still looks like when you're in the infield, you're just looking up at a wall of dirt. It's pretty wild right now. Yeah, that's gonna be a it's gonna be a great place, and that's why I say the track just needs to be perfect for the sprint cars. If if you want the sprint cars to put on a good show. Um, you know, the surface needs to be perfect. And I know that, you know, they know that and work hard to, to make that happen. Uh, otherwise it'll just be single file. I could train and follow the leader, but, um, yeah, I think it's going to, I think they're going to work hard to, to give the sprint cars a great surface. And, and then the guys, I mean, they'll put on a heck of a race. That's for sure. Kind of going off that metaphorical way, I guess, kind of the asphalt going to dirt for yourself, going from asphalt kind of more into the dirt world. Was that, um, a tough transition in a way, and obviously you've done that before, but just kind of living that NASCAR lifestyle for a while and doing something different. Was that a different transition? Like, um, I know you get to go with the team a lot, but is there different things that you're trying to do now to maybe fill the time that you would have been on the road with the NASCAR instead? Um, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, my, my life, uh, lifestyle, things are a little different these days for sure, or a lot different, um, than what they were, but I, you know, when I was, when I was in cup for 15 years, like it was, that was really all that was on my mind. It was all I thought about. It's all I wanted to do was, was try to win and, you know, do the best job that I could. And I really enjoyed the traveling, you know, three, four days a week, you're gone, you're on the road at these tracks, whether it's, you know, eating at great places or just in different areas, you're always with fans. There's always, there was always so much support and stuff. It was, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a great time. And I love what I, what I was able to do and, and the fun and friends and things that I made during that time. But, um, yeah, today it's just a little different. Like I, I'm really into sprint cars, really into my son Tanner. And, um, I enjoy skiing in Colorado. I did that a lot this winter and it's one of the coolest things I get to do each year now. And, uh, yeah, so I look at everything a little bit differently, but things are good. You just touched on what my next question was going to be. How's Tanner doing? How's, how's dad life? Tanner's great. He's five and he's, uh, he's in preschool and he loves school. Um, you know, he loves his friends and everybody. He's such a good kid and positive attitude, always happy running around trying to, uh, learn new things and get into trouble or not or whatever. He's just, he's wide open. So it's, it's really fun to, uh, to be with him really, you know, we're, we're with him all the time. So yeah, it's a blast. Is he already picking out a spot in the shop of where he wants his sprint car to be next to everybody else's? <laughs> So he still has, still has nothing to do with racing. And he, uh, <laughs> the most closest he gets to him is like just bare chassis. So crawl all over him, like hang from him and in and out like a jungle gym or something. But, uh, I mean, that's about as close as he gets to the car. Otherwise he's doing other things and racing is not one of them. Is that by design or is that he just doesn't have much of an interest yet? 
yeah, he just doesn't have an interest yet. I'm good either way. You know, <laughs> if he keeps it, stays that way, then that's awesome. And if he ever gets an interest, then I feel like I could, you know, help him out a lot. So, um, just completely up to him. I, I don't ever bring it up because I want him to bring it up. If that's something that he, that he wants to do as he gets older. Very cool. Um, obviously whether he decides to make that transition or not, I guess in your mind, do you have, um, a legacy, I guess, in a way to say what you want to see KKR to be, obviously you guys have written yourself in the history books pretty well already. Is there something you want to see KKR grow to be? Is it, has it become more than what you ever thought it was going to be at the moment? So I think at the moment it's in, you know, it's in a great place and I'm really happy with what we've all accomplished, what the guy, the teams and the drivers have accomplished over the years. Um, a lot of success, but, uh, there's always, it's still the only thing that we want to do is, is win more and, and try to win more championships, things like that. So it's a, it's a tough series. It's a tough road to travel and, um, but it's a lot of fun. It's really rewarding when things go well. And these last couple of years with, you know, Brad Sweet and Eric, Joe and Andrew, that, that whole team, uh, the whole Napa team, just what they've been doing is, you know, it's pretty unreal and, and pretty you know, cool to be a part of all that. So yeah, I'll just keep pushing them along and giving them, you know, what they need. And, um, yeah, the same with the nine, we want the nine to, to be up front as well, but I just love this type of race and hope we get to keep doing it for a long time. So kind of going off of, off of that, but for the driver's side of, of your career, I guess, um, I know the, the, the most likely answer to this is racers just want to race and, and you're a racer and you've been doing it your whole life, but, You've accomplished so much, and you've also had some bad crashes here and there, like at Williams Grove a couple times. Uh, I know one of them led to an injury. What keeps bringing you back? Well, I think it, what brings me back is it's just it's what I learned when I was young. It's what I wanted when I first – I think when I was little, like you want to be – you know, my dad was working on cars, so I – I just watched it and learned it and I wanted to race really bad, but my parents wouldn't let me till I was 14. So I played sports, but it was always what I thought about. And it's always what I wanted to do was drive cars. And when I finally got to do that, which was probably eight years after I started asking and saying I was going to it, I just have never been able to kick that since, you know? And, um, so it's just always on my mind and, yeah, you take some hits over the years, uh, probably a few more than I wish I would have, but it's, uh, it's part of it. And those things happen. And you, as long as you learn from them, um, you know, and, and walk away, then yeah, I mean, you just keep going on. And I, uh, so yeah, I enjoyed driving still. I feel really good these days. And it, it took me a bit cause I got pretty beat down, you know, if I think just mentally and also physically with my body and kind of my dehydration issues and, couple wrecks you know just really set me back the last couple of years of my cup career and early on uh after that but yeah today i feel great again and really enjoy racing and know that i can do it at a at a high level and uh yeah hope to get to do some more of it as as we go here well casey we're very glad that a you're you're feeling a lot better and 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 than you were the last couple of years and have been able to race with us we i know we all in, enjoyed uh being able to watch you have Definitely. a have a lot of success and be able to run fast these last few races. Uh, the crowd at the Rev sure seemed to love it too. You got some really loud cheers on Saturday night too, and that was really cool. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on and, and do this with us. Yeah, thank you guys for doing this as well. You know, I, I always like your guys' show, and also just all the races this year to see the fans 
um, support sprint car racing and support the teams. And I mean, they're just all there enjoying what they're watching and, you know, the rev and Magnolia that were the last two. And it was, it's just great to see that. So yeah, we're all really happy to be part of sprint car racing in the world of outlaws. And, uh, thank you guys for what you guys do for it as well. And, um, I'll be at the track. So we'll see you guys there the rest of the season. Definitely. Awesome. Sounds good. Casey Kane on open red. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So that was really fun talk with Casey got to learn a lot and learn a bit more about him too so that was cool yeah that was a fun conversation I always enjoyed uh, getting a chance to talk with Casey and uh super nice oh, might be easy one of the going. nicest people yeah. you ever meet in in the sport it's definitely easy going and I'm really glad to hear that his season actually may not be over as far as him being behind the wheel himself yeah it's fun it's it's always cool to see guys like that come out and race and be able to continue to race especially with him doing so well like that's just fun to see yeah, I mean the the start to the year that he's had. I mean, you look you look at his stats page, and I think he's got like a hundred and six or a hundred and sixteen starts, and since dating back to like nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight or something like that. And this run that he's on to start off twenty twenty one is the best string of races that he's ever had in his World of Outlaws career. And I would have loved to have seen it keep going. I don't think anyone would have blamed him if he told James, eh, you know what, I'm going to keep going until I start struggling, and then you'll yeah, get, right. you're going to hop in. But in true Casey Kane fashion, he's a man of his word. And I believe it was uh, Chase Rodman over the weekend uh, had a good interview with Justin Adams talking about it. He even seemed disappointed that Casey wasn't driving the car anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be cool to see him hopefully get the third card out there uh, every now and then and still has some fun with us. I mean, great deal for him to know that the first weekend that he just he puts the owner's hat back on solely and he's not trying to layer up hats yeah and his his car goes back out there and wins and james had himself a pretty solid weekend as well to for his first foray back into the the world of outlaws since going back to late last year so i mean overall yeah really good for kkr really good weekend and it was man what an interesting weekend as we alluded to at the start of the show i mean I'm going to shift gears and go to specifically the 41 of Carson Macedo and the Jason Johnson racing team, specifically Friday night. What a topsy-turvy night, and they somehow literally. still pulled out. Yes, literally. literally. And they still pulled out the KSE Hard Charger Award, uh, gaining, I think it was 11 spots to finish 13th uh, in the feature on Friday night. Flips wildly into the catch fence, into the flag stand actually uh hit, hit the the front leg of the flag stand in the dash and got hung up in the in the catch fencing the track did a great job actually to repair that pretty yeah, it was quickly. really quick um i thought we were going to be in for a long delay i don't think it was any longer than maybe 25 30 minutes no it went pretty quick yeah it was impressive then he flips again in the feature and, and not by his own doing like both sure. kind of just incidents things that happened, but still just i think at this point he'd already gained like nine spots or something like he was moving as a matter of fact my streak of being a jinx continues because up until this last two weeks at weekends i had put the jinx on sheldon pretty strongly by choosing him as my championship prediction on on, on this very show well on twitter i i said how high is carson macedo going to climb tonight oh, on that man. first yellow Next yellow, they don't even complete a lap. He didn't even get through turn two, and he's on his lid. And I'm like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut and just put my hands At in least choice of words. Like how anything. high he could get. I think he tried to see. Yeah, maybe just. Yeah. Yeah, maybe choice of words. Or yeah, maybe just not. I was like, are you kidding me? But 
I mean, the team did an incredible job uh, in the work area. Yeah, it's to super impressive. Replace top wing, front wing. Uh, they replaced the, the front end on the car. What a repair job! And as did. always, it's really cool to see. Like we see with every car that comes into the work area, it's everybody is there helping. It's not just the JJR guys. It's the Casey Kane guys. It's the Stenhouse guys. It's it's everybody over there trying to help get that the car shark back racing out there. guys. Yeah, were actually exactly. working on that car, and then Jacob Allen has a flat right rear tire, and. I think it was actually Chase Rodman, our pit reporter, was like, hey, guys, your car is coming into the work area now. And they're like, oh, crap. And they had to abandon the 41 team and leave them to repairing their own car so that they could go work on their own car because that just goes to show you how helpful everyone is in, in the work area, which, as you said, is super cool. Yeah, it's one of the best things to see in racing. Absolutely. Uh, so let me give you the rundown here of Friday night's race. Let me pull that one up. Uh, obviously, as we said, taking the win was the number 17 of Sheldon Hoddenshield, the first time this year that we've had a repeat winner. He was followed up by Aaron Reitzel and Brad Sweet in third, Ian Madsen in fourth, and Donnie Schatz in fifth. That was that was a fun one. Reitzel did most of the leading in that race. Brad got by him on a restart, and then Sheldon comes out of nowhere. nowhere. I mean, everyone's running the bottom, and suddenly Sheldon puts it up top in typical Sheldon fashion, and just drove by them yeah i mean reitzel and brad were rightfully so disappointed obviously the top was there obviously when you're in a car you can't see the whole track like we can watch on dirt vision like, mm-hmm. you're like move up why aren't you moving up obviously that's working but you know it is what it is once you're in a race car once you're in a comfortable lane that you see you're fast and it's kind of hard to convince yourself to do something different but you know it was yeah a lot of fun to watch still yeah, so we had Aaron Reitzel leading laps 1 through 12. Brad Sweet led laps 13 through 24. And then Sheldon Hoddenshield finished off the evening leading laps 25 through 35. And as I mentioned before, Carson Macedo, even after flipping twice, even after flipping once in the feature itself, still finishes 13th plus 11 from where he started to get the KSE Hard Charger Award on Friday night. Excuse me, moving on to Saturday night. As we mentioned before, Brad Sweet got the victory over Brent Marks and Corey Elias in a really interesting podium there. Yeah, that was cool to see uh, those guys have some good finishes, too. Had Brent Marks—I'm going to put you on the spot here for your knowledge here, Mr. PR God. Had Brent Marks had a podium with the Outlaws since he won the National Open in 2019? I don't think so. I don't think so, either. I think it's been a while, yeah. So that was pretty cool to see him have a good run. Uh, David Gravel finished in fourth. Sheldon fit, rounded out the top five. And if we continue on through the top ten, Logan Schuhart finished sixth. Donnie Schott seventh. Aaron Reitzel eighth. Brock Zierfaz ninth. And James McFadden with a top ten. Uh, your lap leaders on that night, Brad Sweet led laps 1 through 10. Jacob Allen led laps 11 through 12. Mm. And then I believe it was Brad leading 13 through 30 the rest of the way. Casey Hard Charger Award, second night in a row that the Hard Charger gained 11 positions. That's pretty interesting. That one went to Wayne Johnson, who finished in 12th. It's nice to see him having some good runs, too, lately. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, he was way off the pace in qualifying too so he had a, a pretty solid night of racing itself after qualifying was over with yeah he's the after getting the rookie of the year last year i know he said they found they had some issues with the chassis so looked like uh he's finally getting some things in the works and getting some good finishes now yeah that's really cool to see and as we we mentioned jacob allen led laps 11 through 12 what a heartbreaker once again if jacob allen didn't have bad luck. He'd have no luck at all. Yeah, it's so. I mean, he's he, got that first win, but now it feels like he's 
still going after that first win again. It it's sure just does. like, oh man, like just because you would think that getting the first win, it would have like for a lot of guys, it like opens the floodgates and it's just it's like so many more follow. And you can see the level of confidence that he has now after getting that win. I mean, he's he's right there seemingly every night. And I really thought he was going to get this one. He drove by Brad. I think, if I remember right, he did it on the outside, kind of similar to Sheldon did it the night before. And then a lap later, got a little bit too high, up into the wall, and went end over end and went for a pretty wild ride. It was, yeah, like I think everybody said heartbreaking. I think everybody was like, oh. I think it's just he's got that speed to be that fast now. It's just learning how to use it properly and not go over the edge. Yeah. And then... As per usual, though, Jacob Allen does what Jacob Allen does and somehow gets out of the car and still has a smile on his face and delivers one of... I mean, it's we're only, what, eight races into the season now? Yep. Eight races into the season and probably has given us the interview of the year. So far, it's always him. I'm going to try to play this, and we'll see how this goes. I think there's like a saying where, you, you know, you step on it. <laughs> That's what I did. I stepped on it, so... I mean... Car feels phenomenal, man. Like, I just screwed it up, man. I don't know. You hear all those people cheering for me. I think that's the guys down in turn one, the driving team, so close to a win here tonight. But my goodness, they are proud of you. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I, man, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, I can fix it and get going. It's just, there's no need for that. That's immature racing. Uh, I need to uh, take a chill pill and, and finish these races and, and get myself a win. I mean, I'm racing with one of the very best there is, uh, Brad Sweet, and, and uh, I need to capitalize on that stuff and not uh, end up on my lid. I will let so, I mean, sorry there for that little blast of uh, music right at the end. Wake but, up. Um, it, his level of positivity is so inspiring. A and I'm not just saying that. Like, I genuinely in a way, look up to Jacob Allen for how he continues to just smile all the time and just roll with the punches of, uh, I mean, it would be so easy. And, and he's said it on, on this show before, uh, after he got his first win at Dodge City last year, it would be so easy for him to get down in the dumps. And I think everyone would understand it. I, I don't, I don't think anyone would have not understood it if after all of the heartbreak that he'd had, if he would have walked away from sprint car racing already. But he hasn't, and he keeps going, and somehow is able to get out of a car after admitting that he he knew it right there. He threw the win away and gets out of the car and owns it and does it with a smile on his face and is like, the car is great. The guys gave me a great car. I screwed up. We're going to get him next time. That's That interview right there was a perfect ex example why everybody loves Jacob Allen. Mm -hmm. He could have just he could have not talked to Chase. He could have just walked away, head down, and just... And we still would have understood that. Yep. But the fact that he still took the time and just such just honest. He was open about yep. everything, honest words, emotions on his sleeve, wasn't high, holding anything back, honest with himself. I think that's what everybody loves to hear, and that's something good for a lot of young drivers to look up to, too. Yeah. I mean, there's you see so many guys getting right out of the car and the excuse for them right away as, as they get angry and maybe a little bit rude with the interviewer as well. We're sticking a microphone in their face the second they got out of the car after a, after a hard loss. Sure. But we just stuck a microphone in Jacob Allen's face right after he flipped, and he gets out of the car and gives an interview like that. I, I just, I love it. I mean, it's it's fantastic. It was, like I said, it's it's my favorite interview so far, and I, I think it's gonna be <laughs> might be soundbite of the year. And we're only eight races in. Oh yeah, I think we're gonna get a lot more. Hopefully, more positive ones from him this year. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, a lot more oh man's in a good way. 
(laughs) (laughs) The old man was great. If you don't know what we're talking about, please go into the Dirt Vision vault and try to find Jacob's uh, speech from the 2019 season banquet. Uh, He promised himself he wasn't going to cry, and he broke that promise. And his, his line of the night was... Oh man, and and as the speech went on longer, the oh man got drawn out even longer. And for those who were there, and for those who watched, it, it's just it was a le- legendary speech in a yeah, way. It's probably one of the best ones you've ever seen at any banquet. Ah, uh, so good. Uh, moving on to the point standings, following two nights of racing at Cotton Bowl Speedway, we have Brad Sweet, the two-time and defending series champion, right at the top of the standings where he's been oh so frequently over the last couple of years. He leads Logan Schuhart, Jacob Allen's teammate, by 24 points. David Gravel and Donnie Schatz are tied for third, 38 points back. Sheldon Hodden-Shield has moved up to fifth in points, 56 points back. Aaron Reitzel is 78 markers back in sixth. Carson Macedo, 80 points back in seventh. Corey Eliason, 86 points back in eighth. How about the fact that the top eight right now is all within 86 points of the leader? That's pretty cool. It's going to be a fun season. I like. I think I said the last episode, the points I don't think are going to – you're going to see anybody just run away with it. I think they're going to keep changing. Yeah, I completely 100% agree with you. Rounding out the top 10 in ninth, Brent Marks, 148 points back, and Gio Selzy in the 10th spot, 160 points back, behind Brad Sweet, who has 1,148 total points after eight races, two wins, seven top fives, and seven top tens in eight races. The only driver, as I look here, who has a top 10 in every single race is Logan Schuhart in second. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. One win, five top fives, eight top tens in his eight starts so far. It's been such an interesting start to the season. Uh, it, it really has, as has going back to the top of the show, um, that NCAA tournament uh, that's been going on. Upsets galore. We've had some upsets in our se- in our season so far, but one place you won't be upset and one purchase you won't be upset with would be if you get the Manscaped Performance Package from Manscaped using code OPENRED20 and you get 20% off at manscaped.com, Nick. That's a slam dunk right there. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. But yes, I agree with you. Included in this package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. That's one place you don't want to be slam dunking is in your nose or in your ear. That might hurt a little bit. You might end up with some broken cartilage and a lot of blood if you try to slam dunk your nose, Nick. Yeah, get Manscaped. That'll be nice and smooth and take that... Take care of that right away. You won't have any blood or broken cartilage in your nose when you are using the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. Don't need to break the backboard on that one. (laughs) Man, you are good with the basketball puns. I thought we were going to have a lack of puns when Ross moved on and left the show, but you are filling in nicely in the pun department. I am very impressed. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying. One place you will be impressed is if you use the Lawnmower 3.0 to make sure that you are keeping your body hair in check. It is great for your butt, your body, your balls, anywhere that you've got hair that you want to get rid of. It'll get you nice and smooth. It won't nick you at all. Uh, It is with its proprietary skin-safe technology. You won't get any nicks. Mm. You won't get any snags or tugs in those delicate areas. And in addition to all of this, 
The best part about it is that Manscaped has partnered with Los Angeles Lakers player Alex Caruso and the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. And believe it or not, they are actually uh, using proceeds from these packages to go towards the We Save Balls initiative. So please do us a favor. Do yourself a favor. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code OPENRED20 to get 20% off of your purchase because when things get hairy, make sure you call on Manscaped in clutch time. Just like that easy layup. Boom. Simple. He continues on with the puns, and I am here for it. (laughs) Who do we have next week? Can we announce that, Nick? Uh, We'll we'll save it as a little surprise. Okay. We'll we'll tease... uh... He's, uh, he has some pretty big involvement with the series. He might own a car. He might... Uh, might be racing be... in the cup race on the dirt at Bristol? Um, yeah, I would say that's a safe bet. All right. I'd say that's yeah. a safe bet. We'll save it. We'll just give you some some little hints there, but that's going to be a, a pretty good conversation. You can hear that on next week's show. And until then, I think this is a great place to end, Nick. What do you think? Uh, yeah, also just quickly mention that coming up this weekend, we got US 36 and going How back to Lake Ozark for the Jason Johnson Classic. I can't believe I forgot that. I know, we still got racing going on. Yeah. I mean, you're just thinking about basketball over here. I'm like, geez, come on, sprint cars, let's go. I got to get my head back in the game here. Um, especially because US 36 was phenomenal last year, as was Lake Ozark. Lake, o- Lake Ozark's fun every single time we go there. Oh, yeah. that's they're both, both really fun tracks in Missouri, so that's going to be a really good time. US 36 is on Friday night? Friday night. Lake, Lake Ozark, Ozark Saturday, Saturday with the Jason Johnson Classic? Yep. All right. If you can't make it to those races, as always, you can watch live on DirtVision.com. If you get your DirtVision Fast Pass, the Platinum Fast Pass is your annual subscription, and it includes the Knoxville Nationals. The regular Fast Pass is your monthly subscription. That can be had for $39 every single month. And if you can make it to the racetrack, we urge you to get your tickets at worldofoutlaws.com. Do it. You absolutely should do it. How about that, Nick? Hmm. I think that's I think that works. End, yeah. right? All right. It's like shooting a three-pointer. Boom. Done. End it. That's what we're going <laughs> to do. All right. Until next week, my name is Rob Blount. I'm joined by Nick Graziano, as always. Nick, super fun. We'll be back with you guys next week here on Open Red. Bye-bye. Hashtag Open Red.